BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hello, hello, my angels. Welcome back to the Balanced One podcast, Soul on Fire. I'm your host, Jordan Younger. And today we are doing a solo episode all about my recent plant medicine journey with grandmother ayahuasca. And if this is your first time hearing about ayahuasca, then I highly recommend going back and listening to my four other ayahuasca plant medicine episodes that I started doing in 2019. And I believe this is the first time in 2020, the very end of 2020, that I'm talking about this beautiful plant medicine in a solo episode kind of way. So this is not going to be an introduction to ayahuasca because I've recorded a few of those. We will link them below in the show notes so that you can listen if you want to. But I wanted this episode to be an immediate deep dive into everything I've learned this time around. If you guys have been listening for a long time and following along on Instagram, then you know I have been uncovering some deep truths about myself and my heart and my soul and my purpose here on this earth and my healing. And I'm pretty much elevating to what I like to call Jordan 5.0 because it's fun. I started off, I would say, as Jordan 1.0 for sure when I started this podcast in 2016, started my blog in 2013. And then my whole healing journey with Lyme was very much like trying to see the light at the end of the tunnel, trying to reach Jordan 2.0, who I knew was coming, who was full of so much wisdom, who was this ancient medicine woman connected to myself, to my heart, to my being through all lifetimes, through all realms, connected to my ancestors, was healing, was no longer sick from Lyme and could just express herself so beautifully and so vividly and so alive and awake and really connected with like the up-leveling humans that she, aka me, myself, was meant to have in her path. Oh my gosh, now I'm just confused because I'm like half talking in the third person. So that was Jordan 2.0. That was like all of 2017 to 2019. And then this year has just been this like abundantly deep awakening to the point where all my perceptions of of self, of life, of my heart and soul, of my connection to everything on earth and everyone and to 
what I'm meant to do here, what my soul's purpose is, what life means, what death means, rebirth, creating, writing, all of that. That has been such a huge shift. And it's been like this entire year, I have had to sit there and face my demons. I think we all have. That's kind of what we all have in common about 2020. At least if we've been using this time to go deep and to meet ourselves, to meet our souls, to feel everything. And that has been this escalation of moving from Jordan 2.0 to 3.0, 4.0. And now it's kind of a joke because 5.0 is obviously a huge leap, but somebody brought it up to me on Instagram. I think you're Jordan 5.0 now. Let's not even talk about 3.0. And I just loved that. So calling it Jordan 5.0, it's all just names for what it really is, is this deep soul awakening and this meeting of my heart. So I'm really excited to share this recent plant medicine journey with you guys because there's nothing like a deep ayahuasca grandmother plant medicine journey to really connect me to the deepest, most true part of my heart and my soul. And I'm, I'm going to try to find words that are beyond heart and soul and spirit because I feel like I'm just going to say those words millions of times if I don't start using alternatives. So we'll we'll find a lot of different things to say in this episode. But yes, so to back it up just a little, because this is a solo, so I'm just talking right to you guys. I signed up for my third ayahuasca ceremony this year. It was supposed to be in August of this year. I was going with Jonathan, my husband. This was his second time having a ceremony like this. And the ceremony in August got postponed because of the fires and because of everything happening in the world with COVID and beyond. And it got rescheduled for November, for the end of November. And I was so disappointed when it was rescheduled in August because I knew it had to happen. I totally understood why. And the way that the medicine is, is that she, I call her she, because once you get to know her, she's grandmother ayahuasca. She has a consciousness of her own. She will only come to you when the time is right, when you're ready, when it's needed, when it's time, when the time is perfect. So the fact that this journey got rescheduled within like five days of it supposed to be happening was really disappointing, but I was also in full trust, full surrender to the medicine, to the universe, and to what I knew was meant to be happening. So it was a bummer because I had spent the whole summer deeply mentally preparing. And since I have had many experiences now with this plant, with this plant mother consciousness, I knew what was being asked of me and I knew that I was being called back to have another ayahuasca ceremony for many reasons. For one, because I've been dealing with these intense panic attacks and anxiety for the last year and a half and I hadn't had an ayahuasca experience or an ayahuasca ceremony since before I started having these panic attacks at all. So I was both curious, fearful, nervous, afraid, intrigued, in full surrender and respect to the medicine, knowing that we were probably going to address my panic attacks and get to the root of it. 
and I'm someone who needs to experience things very deeply. So to get to the deep, deep root of the panic attack through something like plant medicine, I knew was something that needed to happen in my journey, but I was scared because if you've heard some of my original ayahuasca journeys, you know, I have gone to hell. I've been to hell and back. I've experienced demons. I've fought off demons. I've slain them. I've won. I have gotten stuck in a loop where I've been gone for centuries, where my soul was traveling through lifetimes, where I was experiencing trauma in other lifetimes, where I left my body, had an exorcism, and screamed maniacally for over an hour, human time, many centuries, soul time. I've and I've also experienced some of the lightest, most light-filled, angelic, heavenly, rainbow-filled realms. So I've kind of seen it all. Maybe that's because I'm a reflector. Maybe it's because I'm very open. Or maybe it's just because that is what my journey is supposed to be. So I spent pretty much the entire summer, but also the whole year preparing myself for what might happen if I had a panic attack on the medicine. And I felt really ready to face it. And then it got postponed for many months. And I was disappointed, but I was also like, okay, at least I can just drink coffee all week and just hang out and just not have to mentally prepare for something so tough because you do cut out caffeine and other things before doing a ceremony. Another reason why I knew Jonathan and myself were meant to have this ayahuasca experience now and not in the future, well, this experience now, because I know we'll have many experiences with the medicine in the future, is because we are both so ready, so excited to become parents and to expand our family. And we are not actively trying. I'm not pregnant, but I know and really, really very much look forward to that time coming soon. And I know that as a soul, as a human, before I become a mother, there's so much for me to explore still. And ayahuasca, again, with my husband was one of the things on that list. Okay, before I become a mother, before we become parents, I have more stuff to uncover. And I know from my friends who are parents that when we are parents, we're not going to have the freedom necessarily to run off and do a plant medicine ceremony in the woods, going off the grid, turning off our phones for a week. We're going to have different responsibilities. So that's something that was really important to me. That's why I wanted to do it now and didn't want to wait. Did I have fear? Yes. Was I in full respect and knowing that this was the perfect time? Yes. So a couple things before I get really, really into telling you the experience, because I know when people listen to me talk about plant medicine, I always get so many questions and requests to share where I do plant medicine, who my shaman is, the retreat center that we go to. And I just want to say just at the very beginning of this episode here, I don't personally share where I do plant medicine and I don't share the name of my shaman because it hasn't felt right yet to me to share that publicly. Also, my shaman has asked to not be shared publicly because this work is not fully legal in California and in the United States yet. There are many loopholes and there are legal ways to do it. So we weren't doing anything illegal, but the work itself is um, still precarious and under the radar. So 
I can't share it far and wide the way that I do with a lot of things in my life. But even if I could, it is so deeply sacred to me. And this space and these people, this community is so deeply sacred to me that it still hasn't necessarily felt right in my bones to blast it into the ethers. And I think it's so important as souls, as humans, to have things that are so sacred to us that they are just ours. And I've definitely thought, okay, maybe this will be the ayahuasca experience that is so deeply, truly sacred to me that I don't share it with the world, that I keep it very private. But it was shown to me by the medicine and by my higher self and my ancestors in this experience again. No, Jordan, you came here to share. You came here to transmute these experiences that are very otherworldly, very intense, very something that a lot of people are not going to do on earth because they don't want to or they don't have any desire to do it or they don't have the opportunity to do it at this time. I can go heal for the collective in a sense and then come back. And if you feel called to plant medicine and to ayahuasca, then I have no doubt that she will call to you and you will find the perfect place to have an experience at the perfect time. I had heard about ayahuasca for years before I embarked on my own experience. I wanted to do it. I was desperately looking for a shaman, for a center. I was very sick at the time and wasn't well enough to leave the country. And of course, in perfect timing, exactly when I was ready and exactly when I needed her most, Ayahuasca presented herself into my life. So that's one thing. Another thing is you guys sent in a bunch of questions on Instagram that are so thoughtful and so good and so deep. And you guys had a lot of the same questions as each other. So I will do a Q&A at the end of this episode that you can look forward to there. And then one final thing that I wanted to touch on is that plant medicine is so deeply sacred to shamanic and indigenous cultures and Native American tribes all over the world. And in recent decades, it has been moving to the West. And for that reason, oh my gosh, there's Netflix shows that... um, highlight ayahuasca and showcase ayahuasca. There are quote unquote shamans who really don't know their shit, who have not done the proper studying, who do not have the proper reverence for the medicine. And in that sense, ayahuasca is becoming very trendy. And you guys may or may not know me. If you're listening to this podcast, I think a lot of you do. You know my heart, you know my soul, you know my intentions. But some people might be here listening and they may not really know me and they might just hear the voice of this blonde white girl 30 year old living in Los Angeles and might just think oh my god this girl is just adding to the trendiness and to the westernization of such a sacred plant medicine and I just want to be the first to tell you before you have any of those thoughts that that couldn't be further from the case I am in awe of ayahuasca. I am in awe of grandmother plant medicine. I'm going to cry. I have chills because this medicine, she has a consciousness. It is so wise. It is so beautiful. It is so connected through lifetimes. I have had many lifetimes with ayahuasca. I have had many lifetimes in my belief of being the medicine 
of experiencing, administering the medicine. I have so much deep respect for the medicine, for the indigenous cultures who share and practice and bring the medicine to the world and to my shaman and to the entire community who I know through him who have brought this medicine to the West and they could not be in more of their deep integrity and just more in service to the medicine itself. And so when you really start to have experiences with the consciousness of this medicine and this plant and this grandmother energy from the earth, then all um, humanness melts away and gets shattered. So the fact that I'm talking about it and I've experienced it here in the West, that gets shattered. All perceptions of of not being one with each other get shattered. So I'm only here to speak about the medicine in the highest respect and reverence and full knowing that there are indigenous cultures and there are shamans who I love and know who have studied with these with these ancient elderly men and women for years and that's who I've learned from and so I just want to pay respect back to the people who found ayahuasca in the Amazon in the forest in Peru in Brazil and started using this medicine centuries and centuries and centuries ago and I was asked by a couple people in the Q&A what do I think of ayahuasca becoming trendy I have a lot more to say about that so we'll talk about that at the end but I just wanted you to know when you hear me talking about this medicine it is only from the highest respect and reverence my ultimate goal in life is to be the medicine whatever that means to each and every person listening, to be God, to serve God, to serve the medicine itself, but to also be a healer and to be this medicine woman, this ancient medicine woman who lives inside of my heart and my soul. And that will bring me to the ceremony itself when I reconnected and retouched on the medicine woman that I was born to be and also have been for many lifetimes. So like I said, Jonathan and I, we drove up together to the forest in Northern California to do this beautiful ceremony. We were really excited. I was painfully nervous because I have just developed a lot of anxiety over the last couple years. Um, in general, I had one really terrifying near-death experience about a year and a half ago that I shared on the podcast if anyone hasn't heard it yet and then I didn't podcast for like four months after that biggest break I've ever taken, which was when the near-death experience is when I accidentally mixed pain medication with THC and I almost died. And then my mind went to an ayahuasca land. And ever since then, I have had panic attacks all the time. And it didn't have anything to do with ayahuasca. It had a lot to do with the pain medication that I mixed and then my organs shutting down, which was all, of course, a sign from above, from my angels, my ancestors, my higher self to slow me the fuck down and to really, really change what my priorities were. And that was a year and a half ago. I've shifted, I've changed, I've stepped into this this person now that I've been meant to be. My life has up-leveled to 5.0 and nothing will ever be the same. So I have 
developed all this anxiety. So Jonathan and I are driving up to the forest. I'm telling him a hundred times over because he hasn't been to this particular location. He's only done it in LA actually with the same group, but way different energy, way different consciousness in Hollywood than it is in the forest. So... Uh, the whole drive, I'm like, Jonathan, imagine me two years ago. I'm so sick. It's pitch black. It's pouring rain. My car's stuck in the mud. I'm terrified. I literally don't know any of these people. Like, just imagine what I was experiencing. And he was just laughing like, yeah, Jordan, I know. I remember. And we're kind of just talking through our intentions with the medicine before we arrive and getting into that really ceremonial headspace obviously having doubts and questions because I think that always comes up. My doubts were, do I really need to be doing this? I've done this before. Have I already gotten all the messages that I've needed from the medicine? Should I be concerned? Should I literally just drive to Sacramento instead and be with my family? On and on, the monkey mind will convince us of many things, but we ended up arriving there. And of course, the second we got there, it was like the most beautiful breath of fresh air. We were so excited to see our shaman and the community that we've grown to know and love over the years. So excited. We were filled with, our hearts were just dancing and... um when we first got there, we had these little interview conversations with some, some of the facilitators, some of the um, people who have trained deeply with the shamans in the forest. And um, I shared with one of them what my intentions were. And immediately he said to me, yes, your anxiety is coming from your psychic abilities. You're deeply empathic. You soak in everyone's emotions around you. And I'm like, yeah, no kidding. Like you definitely see me and speak my truth. So he shared with me a couple things that I could do during the ceremony and also to set intentions before the ceremony started to say to the medicine, please be gentle with me, please be clear and please be light. So may you be gentle, may you be clear, may you be light. That was my mantra. And my intention was, I would really like to get to the bottom of why I have panic attacks, but I don't want to have a panic attack on the medicine. And my other intentions were to go into the dreamy, creative land that exists in my mind for the book that I'm writing and to talk to my ancestors, my grandmothers, my teacher, my beautiful teacher, Miss LeMay, who was my middle school English teacher who stuck with me forever and is a huge reason why I started my blog and why I write and why I have the confidence in what I do now because of her. And she passed away three years ago and it was just a really big intention of mine to connect with her on the medicine and also to connect with my future kids and to connect with the Pleiadian aliens with the fifth dimension and just have a really lovely light, beautiful, light-filled, angelic experience. So I held those intentions so clearly. Um, the ceremony started a couple hours when it got dark outside. Usually the ceremony will start around like 8 p.m. because ayahuasca really works in the nighttime. She works with the spirit of the shadows, of the moon, of the stars. And to really go deep like that, it's very supportive to our bodies and spirits and minds to do that at night. 
at least for the first couple ceremonies. Because on Sunday, we ended up doing a daytime ceremony, which was beautiful. So Friday night, I'll try to keep this short and sweet, was so absolutely magnificent in the sense that I'm laying there. I'm still asking myself, should I be here? What's going on? Do I need to be here? Is this good? Is this bad? And I'm just repeating over and over to myself, may you be gentle, may you be kind, may you be light. And I'm calling on my own ancestors, begging them to be there with me, to wrap me in their love, to keep me safe, to keep me from seeing some of the scary dark things that I've seen and to keep me somewhat in control, even though of course the main thing you want to do with the medicine is surrender. But I was kind of building my trust back up with the medicine. I feel like the medicine was building her trust back up with me. So I was calling on my ancestors. I could see this beautiful thread and line of energy connecting me to my grandmothers, to my grandfathers, to my higher self, to my future children who are up there with my grandparents, to the Pleiadians. And I could see how much love and how many angels were surrounding me. And that was really special. And I truly thought to myself, if I just lay here in this ceremony and I get to meditate on that, for the entire time, the entire eight or nine hours while there's beautiful shamanic music being played, which is like a true concert. It's such a gift and such a blessing to be with people who have such beautiful voices and playing all these instruments and playing these native songs to awaken the ayahuasca within us. I truly thought if I just get to be in this meditation all night connecting to my ancestors, I will be on top of the world, but I also want to go deeper. But if this was it, then my God, this is enough. This is amazing. So I had my first serving. And then a couple hours later, I was offered a second serving, which we all were. And um, with ayahuasca, it's very much up to you, the shaman and the plant. So the three of you, how much of the medicine you're going to take. So at the end of the day, it's your call. Do you want to have a deep experience, a light experience? Are you ready for more? Are you not? The medicine will always tell the shaman how much you really need because the medicine knows what you need. And then the shaman can kind of use their discretion as well. So came around, had the second serving, and I was very much like I've, I've learned a lot about myself. I'm just going to have a very small second serving. My first serving was kind of big in my opinion, but it hadn't hit me yet. It can take a while for the medicine to enter into your body and for the journey to begin. So I had a small second serving. And then kind of right when I had that second serving is when the first serving hit me, but it hit me in the most beautiful way. Oh my gosh, you guys, it was fabulous. The way that the medicine entered my consciousness, I was laying there and beginning to think, I wonder if I'm even going to feel anything because I was also really tired. I'd been struggling with like this just extreme fatigue. And when we got there, I was so tired. I felt like I might even sleep through this ceremony and just like soak in the consciousness of the medicine while I sleep. 
So right as I was questioning all that, the medicine came into my mind and she comes and she presents herself usually to me in colors, in shapes, and in this like just this deep knowing in your heart. So it's like very visual, but very, you can also physically feel it. The medicine when she comes in, So she came in like through the side of my eyes, honestly, this gold, beautiful shapes, colors showed herself to me and spoke to me in words saying, you asked for gentle. So here we are. You asked for gentle. So why are you questioning why this is so gentle? And then I just started laughing because I was like, oh my gosh, I begged the medicine to be gentle with me, but I'm so used to doing everything so intensely, so full on that I was like not understanding up until that point why I wasn't feeling an intense experience. So the medicine comes in, shows me I'm gentle. I'm here now. The journey has begun. And my grandmother from my mother's side, she came in, which was so exciting because it's usually much easier for me to connect to my paternal lineage on the medicine because they're more intense. And my experiences have always been so intense. So my mother's mother comes in and she tells me, now that you ask for gentle, I can be here. And my lineage, our lineage on this side of the family can be here. And we're going to have a journey together. And I got so excited and I was like, okay, Nana, take me on a journey, grandmother. This is so beautiful. So I had like the grandmother energy essence of the earth, which is ayahuasca, working with me, working through me, while my grandmother on my mother's side was with me, holding my hand, taking me on a journey, showing me her history and showing me all these things, all these patterns within her lineage that have taken place. And I'm super aware at this point of what my grandmother on my dad's side had been through and how she felt in her life and how her entire lineage of women felt before her and how that has taken place in me and in my dad and my siblings. So to have this experience now with my mother's mother was just so exciting. And right away, she kind of took me into this hallway. It was like a house in a hallway of doors and behind each door was something that would reveal to me a part of why I have so much anxiety and panic attacks. And my grandmother was holding my hand, pointing into each doorway. And it was so interesting because we're in the in this house and I can see each door was going to take me into somewhat of like an astrological realm. It was like outer space or some of it was memories from earlier in my life. Some of it was memories in past lives. And I was peeking behind each door. I was still really scared. Whereas me from a couple of years ago, I would have just like jumped into each room, been like, show me everything. But now I was so aware that this might, this might be really dark. It might be really scary. I might throw up. I might purge. Do I want a scary experience right now? No, that was not my intention. So I kind of peeked behind every door. I saw some memories from this lifetime and from past lifetimes that made a lot of sense to me as to why I feel the way I do. And my grandmother helped me heal those things. And then she 
and ayahuasca grandmother both said to me, I don't want this to be too much for you right now. So let's take this slow. Let's go on some walks outside. So I would stand up, go outside, look up at the stars, which were like pure neon and the trees and the trees were showing me how to breathe. And then I kept going into my grandmother's consciousness and she was showing me how my mom is her, like carries forth all the things that she carried forth in her life. And then therefore I am that as well. And I'm really the first woman in that lineage to have the opportunity to pursue my passions and my dreams and to really bring those to life. And she showed me very much so how she was a very spiritual woman and had a lot of passions in her life. But she was so selfless for her family because she knew no other way than to be a selfless wife and a selfless mother, a selfless sister and friend and daughter, but specifically mother and wife. And then she showed me very much how my mom, Jane, who we all know and love here, also does. And my mom, she's truly the most selfless woman on the face of the planet. She lives for me and my dad, lives and breathes, and for her grandchildren and for her stepchildren who are my siblings, um, my half-siblings who are my dad's kids. And she really truly puts all of us first. She thinks about us. She worries about us. She does stuff for us. She runs and organizes my dad's life and mine. So even if she was super aware of all of her own passions, I don't even know if she would have time to pursue them because we keep her very busy. But it's not just us keeping her busy, it's also her choice. And that's what my grandmother, my mom's mom showed me is that my mom, and I know that my mom's okay with me saying this to you guys, she's used to it by now. My mom puts everyone else first because it's more comfortable for her. And it's more comfortable from what she was taught and what she was shown from her own mother. And then literally the ancestral DNA that lives inside of my mom is a lot more comfortable putting other people first. So of course she does it. That's what she was taught. It's what her DNA shows her is right. This is how you be a good mother. This is how you be a good wife. This is how it's done in life. And... It's so funny because both on my mom's side and on my dad's side, it's so clear how much to me that I came to be the pattern breaker for all of this. And I definitely carry a lot of that in me. The selflessness, I put my friends first, my family first. I definitely put myself last in many ways, which is why I got very sick with Lyme. But I've also had this other side to me where I have just completely on my own accord, pursued my own passions for as long as I can remember. I always had huge dreams. I was never planning to compromise them for anyone. And I love hard and I've definitely been very selfless for a long time with a lot of relationships in my life, both relationships that are still in my life and ones that are not. And as I've grown into Jordan 2.0 onward, I have learned that, wow, okay, not everybody is worth my energy and not every, I mean, not everything is worth my energy. The most important thing I can do is pour energy into myself 
and then to my immediate circle and that's about it. Otherwise, boundaries are important. That's something I've been stepping into. So I've been learning this kind of selfishness on a very spiritual level and also on the level of pursuing my passions and carrying them forth into the world for a long time. So my grandmother showed me how she lives in me in that way, but also how I've been the pattern breaker. And she really urged me to share that with my mom because part of this plant medicine work is not just healing ourselves. It's very much healing ourselves so that we can heal the generations before us and the generations after us. And they say that when you come to be a pattern breaker and you truly heal, you can heal seven generations back and seven generations forward. So I know my kids, my grandkids, my great grandkids, they are coming in with a lot of this work already figured out for them. And their souls are helping me figure it out in the soul realm right now, in the spirit realm. And I'm so eager. I've been so eager to heal my mom, to heal my dad, to heal my siblings, to heal everyone. But that's also a really big pressure to take on. So what I've learned lately from a lot of really wise women in my life is that you can heal people without getting them involved. You can say a prayer to the universe. You can have closure on your own accord without involving the other person. So you can involve them if if it feels right, but it doesn't necessarily matter if they want to be involved or not. You can still get what you need and heal them on an energetic level, which eventually essentially heals your heart as well. So the medicine of ayahuasca had been working through me for weeks before I went into my... um, ceremony weekend. It had been showing up in my life in every single way. It was so clear to me. It was aligning me with certain people in my life. I think you guys know if you listened to last week's episode with Jenna that I was getting to spend like 24 hours at a time with Jenna every single day. She's someone who sees my soul. She's a mirror to me. She's a sister to me. She's like my one of my best friends, she sees me. We were doing healing work and past life work together for weeks and so much stuff was coming up where I knew the consciousness of the medicine was working through me and Jenna, introducing me to past lives. We were going into vortexes, each other's energy fields, my gifts, my psychic gifts, seeing people's faces shape shift, rooms straight up melting away, All that stuff was happening to a huge degree. Jonathan and I had a lot of stuff coming up in our relationship, which was so clear to me that the medicine was working through. People, all you guys have been sending me messages about me showing up in your dreams, which is so beautiful. I can just say that in every area of my life, from food to sleep, to healing, to skin, to friendships, to marriage, to family, It was just so obvious to physical pain. It was so obvious to me that the medicine was working her way through. And also just in the last from August to now, I'm like realizing this as I talk, aligning me with people who are meant to be in my life and like my friendships and my relationships in my life have gone through a massive like cleansing and up-leveling for the last six months or so where the people who are some of my closest friends, we've only gotten closer 
We've only gotten a chance to dive deeper with each other into each other's energies, to heal each other, to show each other what true friendship really is. And then my friends that I've had for a long time, I've had the chance to go deeper with them to develop like a new cleansed, like very honest and open and pure and deep soulful relationship with them. And the people who I haven't had the chance to do that with, we've either, you know, just developed a new friendship that's different, or I'm just not really giving my energy in those areas the way that I used to as a Libra and as a reflector and a highly sensitive person, I used to force myself to do those things. Now I know, oh my God, the space is clearing. People who have entered my path and entered my midst and who I've gotten so close with and um, who this, I guess this quarantine has been all about for me is going deep with people and myself and showing myself what true friendship true relationship and partnership really means oh my gosh so I just had to add that part in that the medicine had been working through so starting on Friday night there were a bunch of souls who were with me in the spiritual realm going through this ayahuasca experience with me and I will name a few of them because you guys know them and I really don't think they would mind me sharing obviously my mom Jenna Kenzie my best friend, Jillian, Catherine Oxenberg, who was on the podcast recently, and India, her daughter, and a few other people. And no, none of these people were doing ayahuasca. They were there with me in my consciousness. I was seeing them. I was feeling them. We were going through this shamanic journey together. And so I know that my body and my spirit was truly like, offering up to heal for the collective because many of these women, they felt my energy all weekend. They purged, they slept, they rested. They felt everything and they were with me. And when things got hard and dark on my journey, on the next night, on Saturday night, they were there with me, helping me, showing me there's nothing to be scared of. Um, Kenzie was the moon. Jenna was grandmother, like everything they were there reminding me remember all of your goals remember all of your intentions and to have these like super pure super beautiful friendships in my life is such a gift um and I was like whispering to Jonathan the whole time. Oh, because by the way, I was next to Jonathan. I was whispering to him the whole time. Jenna's with me. Jillian's with me. Kenzie's here. Catherine's here. My grandma's here now. And he was loving every bit of it. And so in an ayahuasca ceremony, there's a big circle of people. There's men on one side, usually women on the other side, because there's the masculine energy on one side, the feminine energy on the other. And I decided, I just knew in my heart, I need to be next to my husband this time for whatever reason. So I placed myself on the men's side so I could be next to him. And it ended up being this beautiful journey where I was between him and this lovely man, Zach, who had the best energy and he was very healing to me. I think my presence was equally healing to him. And it was just so perfect because like I was saying during a ceremony, all otherness melts away and we all become one. So even though the masculine energy is often a lot more intense than the feminine energy, we were all very much one and we were giving each other what we all needed by being there and being together. Um, so Jonathan and I had like a very 
perfect journey in the sense that we got a lot of individual time for ourselves where we both dove so deep and then we also got to take care of each other. So that will bring me to Saturday. I can't wait to tell you about Saturday night. Before we do, I would like to take a second to introduce our sponsor for today's episode, Function of Beauty. So I'm so obsessed with Function of Beauty right now. They are a customizable hair care brand that is vegan, cruelty-free, sustainable, and they never use sulfates or parabens or anything harmful, no chemicals. And you can also choose because it's completely customizable how sustainable and how absolutely natural you want it to be. So of course, I chose the most natural because my body is super sensitive, but I also have really long hair past my waist at this point. So I need a conditioner that really works. And this conditioner really, really works. So what makes Function of Beauty so special is that it is formulated specifically for you. So no matter your hair type, they create shampoo, conditioner, and treatments to fit your unique needs. And they can go very unique as they have so many different possible ingredient combinations. They have 54 trillion possibilities. So you'll go on their website, you take a quick but thorough quiz to tell them a little bit about your hair and your preferences, and then they will determine the right blend of ingredients and then bottle your custom formula to order. And then they deliver it to you. You get to pick what it's called. So it's like super cute branding, super cute aesthetic. Mine is called the Soul on Fire formula. And then they send you little stickers. You get to pick the color that it is. So I picked these pretty color seafoam and lavender pastels. And it's literally next level. Mine smells like eucalyptus. You can pick your smell, your scent. So what are you waiting for? Go to functionofbeauty.com slash blonde to take your four-part hair profile quiz and save 20% off on your first order. That is functionofbeauty.com slash blonde for 20% off and to let them know that you heard about it from our show. That is functionofbeauty.com slash blonde. Enjoy. Tag me on Instagram when you try it. And now I'll tell you about Saturday night. So I knew on this night I was ready to go deeper. Again, the trust had officially been regained between myself and the medicine and the experience and my human self could finally take a deep breath and know, okay, I'm here for a reason. I'm in full trust of the beauty that is going to unfold. And I don't want to half-ass this. I do not want to leave without fully surrendering into the experience. I don't want to leave the weekend without facing my anxiety and without getting some really clear, really deep downloads about everything that I came here to connect with. So... I told Jonathan all day long as we did breath work with the group, we did kundalini, we hiked. I kept telling him, I'm going to go so much deeper tonight. I'm ready. And he was just like, his deep soul was just laughing at my human soul being like, I know this is what we came here for. Always knew you were going to go deep. So what's interesting about ayahuasca that I think you guys might know that I've covered in my previous ayahuasca episodes is that. The medicine compounds upon itself each day. So as you take 
one or two or three servings on Friday night, that stays in your system for about 72 hours. And so when you have one or two or three servings on Saturday, you can then consider that like anywhere from four to six servings, all working its magic, working its medicinal properties in your body. And so Saturday night, the second night of a ceremony is definitely the deepest night for most people. As the first night is the taste, the introduction shows you what you might see, what you might experience. The medicine always kind of, at least for me, introduces me to a theme of what the entire ceremony weekend might be like. So I was introduced to the theme of my maternal lineage of walking into the house behind the doors, the anxiety, the gentleness that I had asked for, which I was so grateful that the medicine listened to my intention and gave me what I wanted. Because she doesn't always give you what you want, she but she will always give you what you need. So Saturday night comes around. I knew I was ready to go deep. I had my journal. I had my crystals. I had Jonathan next to me. Now the group is starting to feel really comfortable together, starting to feel more like family, which is how it feels at any ceremony of this kind. You come in as strangers. You start to get to know each other. You start to see each other's energies and auras. And then usually by the second night, there's just so much more trust all around. And so we go into it. I go up for my first serving. It's kind of a lot, yet again, decided by the medicine, decided by the shaman, and somewhat decided by myself and my my higher self, my soul. And I was just like, okay, I knew that all it would take for me would be that first serving for me to go to a very deep place. So I had to go within and ask myself as I took that first serving, are you ready for this? Yes, you are. I spent the whole day preparing knowing that I wanted to get what I truly came there for, what I truly came there to uncover. So take my first serving, go back and lay down in my spot. And I would say it took about 20 minutes for the medicine to really hit me, um, which is not a long time at all. So the first thing that I started to feel was this overwhelming desire and need to start sobbing. First it was crying, it felt really good. There was a woman nearby me in the circle who was crying and her cries just sounded so familiar. They just sounded like the pain she was releasing was something that I could really feel. And I was really grateful for for her to open up that space to just, because I was still very much in my human mind. And so hearing someone else cry, it's like it gave me that permission. So I started crying. And it was so nice to have Jonathan next to me because he's like rubbing my back. He's handing me tissues. He's holding my hair back. And one of the um, one of the shamans, one of the facilitators came up and put their hands on me and did a little bit of Reiki healing on me. And then I just, I was sobbing. At this point, I'm crying so hard. I'm choking for air, but it's like the most cathartic, cry that I've ever experienced and I knew that there were so many women in me, so many lifetimes of women, so many women in my own ancestral lineage who are crying with me, who are releasing this energy. And it was so beautiful and it was so apparent to me what was exactly what was going on. 
So I'm hysterically crying. I'm like choking on my sobs. Now the medicine is really in me. So I'm seeing everything really differently. I'm seeing Jonathan's soul on his face. And I've never, ever, ever seen someone shapeshift to this degree before. So Jonathan looked so incredible. His soul was so beautiful. It looked like... And I've tried in every way possible to write about this, to describe it to him. I wish I could have just taken a snapshot so I could look at it forever. He was the combination of a grandfather soul, an avatar alien type of soul along with the grandfather soul, a tin man, like the tin man from The Wizard of Oz. He looked like the tin man. And he also looked like a hundred other things all rolled into one. And I was looking at him saying, I was mouthing to him and saying to him over and over, how old are you? How old are you? And he was cracking up and he's like, I don't know. And then he started feeling it too. And he was saying to me, how did I get this way? And I was like, I don't know, but your soul is so beautiful. He was totally taking care of me. And then one of the most beautiful moments, I've been telling him, this was one of the most beautiful moments of my life. He held me in his arms while I was crying and everything melts away on ayahuasca when you're really deep on the medicine. So someone's arms, they could feel like a tree trunk to you. They could feel like the most supportive platform that you've ever stood on. Um, Everything changes, body parts change. They don't look the same or feel the same. So the way he was holding me was like the most comforting grip I've ever felt in my life where I was laying in, he was sitting cross-legged and I was just like melted into him and he was holding me and I was sobbing, bawling. He was holding my hair back and I kept looking up at him and sniffling. I'm sure I was like drowning in my own snot and everything. And he was just telling me, you're so beautiful. And what are you crying for? And I was like, Jonathan, I'm so old. I'm so, so, so old. Why am I so old? And that kind of became the narrative for me that night as I really got to zoom out on my life in a bird's eye view and recognize how much physical pain really truly exists in my body, which is one of the most intense painful things I've ever experienced and I'm trying to get better about owning the pain that I've been in over the last many years as I'm super optimistic I always turn things on kind of an optimistic note and I've realized through some of the people in my life helping me get to a deeper level of self that I just haven't shared enough like deeply share deeply owned how painful it's been to be this sick for so long. Although I'm healing, I was pretty much on my deathbed for so many different years and it was truly awful, truly one of the hardest things I've ever experienced in my life, the hardest thing. So my, I was zooming out on a bird's eye view of the absolute physical pain wreaking havoc on my body for all these years. I was feeling it on the medicine There was like a snake from the medicine moving through my body, moving through my veins. And I ran outside because I started to get that feeling, that very feeling that I know so well at this point when you're deep on a psychedelic medicine and you start to feel out of control because you just realize the entire world as you know it, your perception of everything is melting away. It could be scary. It could be beautiful, but you just never know. 
So I started to feel that way. So I ran outside. Actually, Jonathan said, do you want to go outside? I went outside with him. I was hysterically scream sobbing about how how old I am and nobody understands how old I am. And Jonathan's just telling me, yes, you're so old. You're so old. We know you're like the oldest person here. It must be so hard. And it just felt so good. I can't even tell you guys how good it felt to be seen on such a deep level by my husband and by the other people who came out to check on me to validate what I know to be true. I'm just this ancient medicine woman and my grandmother lives inside of me. All of my great, great, great grandmothers live inside of me, not to mention my own lifetimes. And I've had all these lifetimes as these shamanic medicine women. I have had lifetimes of being executed because of my own psychic gifts. And think about like the Salem witch trials. I feel like I was there. I feel like I was in many similar situations. So my ultimate fear in this life, and this is something the medicine taught me when it was working through me for weeks before the ceremony. My ultimate fear is that I'm going to lose my mind because I know too much. And then I'm not going to be like accepted anymore in humanity and I'm going to be banished away or something. And even though that's not really a legitimate fear in this life as Jordan, the Jordan that you all know, it's woven into my DNA. And I was crying for that. I was releasing all of that. Meanwhile, I was having this whole simultaneous journey because time just does not exist on the medicine simultaneous very deeper journey with my grandmother as she's showing me all the pain from her lineage and that ancestral DNA is stored in my stomach my uterus and my womb so kind of like in my root chakra and sacral chakra and how many issues I've had there over the years with stomach sensitivities with my uterine fibroid with this major inflammation in that area that I've never really been able to figure out on a physical level. She was showing me on an energetic level everything that that was and everything that I needed to do to address that. And all this is happening simultaneously. Then I stayed outside by myself and ended up running back and forth because I could feel, okay, this medicine is entering me really, really, really strong, is igniting something in me. I can either get scared, go to hell as I've done, like in my mind, or I can just shake it off. I have so much energy in me that needs to be shaken off and shaken out. So I start running back and forth on this platform outside between the redwoods underneath the stars, feeling the fresh cold air on my skin and shaking out my arms and my hands. And repeating to myself over and over, I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm safe, I'm okay, everything's okay, until I started to believe it. And then I started just practically laughing, like everything is okay, everything's so okay. I'm getting the experience that I wanted. It was gentle, it's been beautiful, now it's deep, this is everything that I wanted. So I want to harness this magical, magnetic otherworldly awakening energy where I can see things, where I can see everything, where I can connect with all realms. This is what I always dream about and want in my everyday life, always. I'm going to harness this energy now and become the medicine, which was my intention. So after shaking it all out in my body, I saw this figure walking down from this kind of like mountain. And I was thinking, is this a real person? Is this my mind? 
deep in a hallucinogenic state, but it was a real person and it was the shaman. And he had gone on a walk, I think by himself. And then came, as he was coming back, I ran over to him and I said to him, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I've just been so scared. And he said, uh, when? And I said, before. And he said, so not anymore. And I said, no, I guess not actually. And then we both just started laughing and he hugged me and I realized this is going to be a beautiful journey. There's nothing to be afraid of. I was scared. I calmed myself down and he's a seer. He can see everything. So if I was about to be, if I was like going into a terrified place, he would have known and he would have helped me. But instead we kind of laughed together and we're like, wait, I was scared before, but I'm not scared anymore. And I'm sure you guys all can gather at this point. That's kind of a metaphor for my life. Um, I was scared for a handful of minutes there on ayahuasca, but I was scared in my life. I was living in fear. I was living in pain and sickness and illness. I'm not scared anymore. I'm awake. Ugh, I have chills all over my body. And now the beauty gets to unfold and I get to live in this magical space that I've just been just begging and dying and ready for for so long. So that was beautiful. I went back inside returned to my space and just completely went on an otherworldly journey where I explored everything in my life, like all the friendships and relationships in my life, created new boundaries with every single person on an energetic field. I did cord cutting meditations. I literally could visually see the exact type of distance I need between myself and every person in my life. So for the people who really fill my soul, who I could spend endless, endless amounts of time with, who are like my mirrors and my soul family, the distance between us was very short and the little connector between us was like a thin white piece of thread. And then people who I am not vibing with so much who I need more space from or who I need more boundaries with the medicine was helping me develop like a thicker rope between us and then people who are just really not meant to be in my path anymore who really don't serve a purpose in my life and maybe I don't serve a purpose in theirs we cut ties did like this deep cord cutting with scissors like all on the energetic plane, but I could see it and it was so beautiful and that was melting away. And that I did for probably what felt like hours. And then I was having all these realizations, listening to the music, watching all the facilitators, helping everyone who needed help, holding space for people who were purging. I kept feeling like I was purging, but all I kept doing was spitting, 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 which was my way of purging. I was also shaking my hands a lot. Jonathan was very deep on the medicine at this point to the point where he couldn't even turn a page in his own his in his own journal. I was turning the page for him. He couldn't take his jacket off or anything. He was really deep. Um, hopefully he can come on soon and talk about his experience with you guys. I am sure he will, just like we did about our last journey together in 2019. So um, from there, Oh my God, I had epic journeys with the aliens who came in and literally killed all the remaining Lyme disease in my bloodstream. They looked like these tiny little Yodas and they came in with these laser gun type of things and they just killed Lyme. Like I was watching thousands of these miniature little aliens running through my body, killing all the Lyme, 
coming out of my body, dancing, showing off for me, showing me how good they are and what a good consciousness they come from and what a healing place which we're always tapping into. And the beauty of all this is truly, even though just I was seeing this for the first time, I know without a shadow of a doubt, all of this consciousness of healing lives inside of us at all times. And so those little aliens were showing me like, hey, you might not know me, but I know you type of thing. Like we know each other. We have lifetimes together. You know us. Uh, we love you. And it was so beautiful. Now I have chills again. I'm probably just going to have chills talking about the remainder of the entire ceremony. So there, my grandmother was still there. And then I realized, oh my gosh, I really wanted to connect with my teacher, Miss LeMay, who passed away three years ago. And I kind of asked um, the medicine to show her. She came right into my consciousness and she showed me herself the way that I knew her. It was, she was this beautiful, very fragile, tiny woman with bright red hair. She was so beautiful, almost beautiful skin. She looked the same for the entire duration of all the years that I knew her. And she came into my mind looking just like that. And then her as that literally broke in half and like melted away. And it was her consciousness showing me, this is how you knew me, but this is not me anymore. So then I was like, oh my God, I, I, was kind of, I wasn't scared, but I was like, wait a second, what are you then? And where are you? And then, this is so beautiful, you guys. She, ayahuasca, the shapes, the colors, everything that I know ayahuasca to be, started dancing and showing off again and showing me, this is what I am. And that was Miss LeMay speaking to me. And she showed me, I am the medicine. And then everything is converging because I'm like, oh my God, my teacher is the medicine. The medicine is my teacher. All of this is a metaphor for life, yet also our entire life is just a metaphor for life. Our entire life is like a video game simulation. You guys know I feel this. So that was deeply powerful. I was like, oh my gosh, Miss LeMay, tell me everything. We went on a journey together. She was speaking to me so I could hear her voice, her voice that I know and love and all the students that she always, that, that know her she taught at Country Day for all those years, probably more than 35 years. We all will never forget her voice and the characters. And she would read the, liter the literature greats to us. And she told me, Jordan, write the book. And I was like, I know, but I have so many questions. And is it memoir? Is it fiction? And she was like, you know what it is. It's fiction. Like, do I even have to tell you? All the ideas are in your head. I've been planting them there. I've been helping you. And why do you think you're even here doing ayahuasca? Like, I'm ayahuasca and so are you. I'm the medicine. After I passed away, you ended up being called to come here. Now you're here. Let's do this together. And we went on this beautiful journey where she showed me, I have all, I have it all in me. The book will heal me. All the ideas are already there. It's very otherworldly and magical, as you can imagine, but it's also literally a symbol for my actual life and for my healing. And I've been told for so long now that writing this book will heal me, will be the thing that heals me. And now I can finally understand that on such a deep, beautiful level. So her and I, for 
hours we journeyed. Like I said, time doesn't exist. I didn't even take the second serving because I knew if I did take another serving, I would probably just get sucked under to the experience in like too deep of a way. And I was already in the perfectly deep spot. So I then didn't take the second serving, continued on this journey with Miss LeMay, with my grandmother, thinking about my body, my my um, womb space. I kept running outside to get air. Nature was such a huge part of this night for me. And then I returned to my intention to speak to the fifth dimensional consciousness Pleiadians. And so the entire like ceiling melted away. I was in outer space. I was with the aliens. They were healing me. They were helping me. I just felt this immense, immeasurable love. The love was permeating through my bones, through every single thing that I was doing and that I was feeling. And it was so magical. I had just the most deep love for my mom and my dad that I could ever have felt in my entire beingness. I wrote a letter to my mom. I wrote a letter to Jonathan because I never wanted to forget what I saw in his soul that night and how when he was holding me, it was just one of the most beautiful things that's ever happened in our life. And when I wrote to him about it, I wrote, while I was still on the medicine, next to our wedding, this is like the best moment of my entire life. I just felt so connected to him and to my soul and to our future children who I was talking to and to like the never ending thread of women who live inside of me. It's like we're all one big tapestry coming together. And then I took this third serving so that I could kind of stay in that beautiful headspace. It was wonderful. Everybody was having a much deeper experience that night. My experience was so perfectly deep. Um, I kept spitting. I never purged, but I was spitting into my bucket, which was like my own purge. And so many deep truths were revealed to me just about my own power and we honestly have it we have the power in us to be to experience to heal to bring all of our gifts to the world in every way and so this experience for me it was so deep and eye-opening yet so gentle which is exactly what I had asked for which is just so beautiful and beyond all of my plant medicine experiences, I I know this is the one that I've walked away from in the most completely different way because I'm ready for it. Like I'm ready to be different and it is so exciting and I'm ready to approach the world and my gifts in a new way. And I could go on. If I did, I'd be talking for like 10 hours because that ceremony was like eight hours long. For me, it was many lifetimes and centuries long. I also had an intention with the medicine to show me where am I supposed to live? Where is my body going to be the most at ease and feel the best? And the medicine showed me that. So you guys will see whenever that comes to fruition, but it's really exciting. And I just felt deep powerful love for every individual in my life, every human in my life. My husband is my soulmate, my perfect, like we are two souls, one body. He's the masculine, I'm the feminine. It is everything. And we've been together through all lifetimes. 
I saw it and it's like I was reconnected to my inner medicine woman. I don't look the same. I literally look like a different person. There's like an old beautiful woman that lives in my face now and you can see her when you look at me as well as the alien entities, all the good ones. So that was Saturday night. Sunday, we had another ceremony. It was a daytime ceremony. So I really got to commune with nature, be in the sun, talk to my future children, see them moving across the sky as a kaleidoscope. And they told me when they're coming, how they're coming, who they are. I just literally know them so well already. They're like the most perfect, most beautiful souls. I love them so much. And we got to spend the whole day there in that ceremony, just enjoying the music, having a lighter experience, journaling, writing, all my ideas coming to fruition and just loving, loving, loving my husband. I love him so much, which we'll talk about more when he comes on. But to go through this experience together is just like the both of us are forever changed. He just has such pure intentions. He's such a pure soul. And I know we saw that in each other. So purity is a word now. Purity is what I look for in all in all humans. And we all have it. We're all connected to the same threads of time in space, in the universe. And some people get away from their purity. And some people get away from the truth in their, in their souls. And my hope and my ultimate goal is to reconnect people to who they truly are and be the medicine in living, breathing form, which is like all I could ever want or ask out of my life. And I feel so grateful to be reconnected, retapped into my eternal soul. Um, everything has been speaking to me in a different way since then, from music to nature to people. Everything is so clear. I have immense clarity and my life is just up-leveling. The people in my life, the way that I'm spending my time, I'm dedicating myself to this fiction book, as you can imagine. I'm going to try not to talk about it very much because it is so sacred to me, but please know it's happening behind the scenes and I'm so beyond excited about it. I, I don't think I've ever been this excited about anything ever. And I just feel really called to pursue this slow pace of life. Everything the medicine taught me about slowing down and how literally assaulting and violating it can even be to open an email that is mean worded or just intense. And it's like not on the same wavelength or vibration as where my soul lives. And Oh my gosh, I'm kind of at a loss for words now. I was going to tell you guys, it is it is so hard to record something like this because I'm just trying to transcribe and transmute to you something that is almost unexplainable in words. And this is my second time trying to tell this story on recording. The first time, it just didn't do it justice at all. This time, I feel like I was able to get out of my way and the consciousness of the medicine could come through and share. So that feels really good. And the medicine's been working through me ever since. And when Jonathan and I got in the car, got out of the forest, finally turned our phones back on, we called my parents, found out that both of my parents had COVID. So we weren't able to drive to Sacramento as planned. We went to Carmel, just the two of us for Thanksgiving. 
and then came back here to LA unexpectedly. My parents are okay, but this just threw us for a whole loop. And we've had an emotional few weeks as the medicine never stops working through until she's until she's through. And it's kind of a lifetime journey. And I really feel like when you start working with the consciousness of this type of medicine, she lives in you forever. So I've had experiences with ayahuasca a year after her being in my system, which can be awakened by other plant medicines or by memories and dreams. And she always comes to me in my dreams. She's one of my This consciousness of ayahuasca, who I call she, she's one of my biggest teachers. And now I know she's literally my teacher and my teacher is her. And that's so beautiful. So you can definitely expect for me to, at some point in the future, be working with this medicine in a bigger way. Um, For now, I'm still on my own healing journey, my own healing path, which feels really good. But it's, it's in my future and I'm just so honored to be able to have a community like you guys to share this with as it's very deep to talk about it's very fringe it is um, more or less you know not even 100% legal in the United States and I would say it's like a gamble to talk about it but it's really not because I talk about all sorts of out there things. So I want to answer some of your questions about it. As usual with these solos, I think I'm going to end up doing a part two because you guys sent in so many questions. I want to give them like a really good chance to answer. So maybe I can convince Jonathan to do a part two episode with me and then we can answer questions together. But for now, I will answer about five questions that you guys sent in. And I'm super excited to do that. So thank you for sending these in. So I I don't know if you guys want to be named in this or anonymous, but I'll keep it anonymous. Someone asks, I've always wanted to do ayahuasca, but I'm scared of throwing up. So everyone purges in different ways. So you don't have to be scared of throwing up. If you are really particularly scared of that, I really do believe you can speak to the medicine, share your intentions, tell her, I want to be here. I want to have this experience, but I don't want to throw up. She'll give you what you need. So she'll either listen to you because she agrees with you, or she'll give you what you need, which is to show you that purging in that way is such a beautiful process. It's not like throwing up when you have the flu or throwing up when you're not in a plant medicine experience. It's like you are literally purging pain from your ancestral DNA or from your own lifetime or memories or toxins that are not supposed to be in your body or entities. So I would say just reframe that because it's not as uncomfortable to throw up on the medicine as you might think. It's actually like really beautiful. And some people are upset that they don't end up throwing up and purging, but you can also purge through shaking. You can purge through sweating, crying, spitting. My first ceremony, I was literally had like buckets of sweat pouring off my body, like shooting out of my pores. So you can really purge in a lot of different ways. I have only thrown up on the medicine once out of nine ceremonies. And that was my second ceremony, which was the time that I went so deep that I was throwing up demons and things. So don't be too scared about that. It's all very different when you're on the medicine and you can see, oh, I'm throwing up toxic energy. I don't want this anymore. Get it out. And then it becomes like a beautiful experience. 
So I do encourage anyone to reframe that, although I totally understand the fear of throwing up. I think, you know, we all have that, but it ends up being okay. Someone asks, what are your thoughts on ayahuasca becoming trendy? So I touched on this at the beginning of the episode and yeah, the part of me that is so in love with and in respect to the consciousness of the medicine definitely does not like that ayahuasca is becoming trendy. As I've seen it on Netflix, I've seen it on Chelsea Handler's show. There's that show on Netflix that talks about ayahuasca and water fasting and other things. And I don't feel represents the medicine well at all. Also, that show doesn't represent water fasting very well or anything either. But the fact that it's even being talked about in the mainstream is cool because I do think this is a medicine. We can heal ourselves. And if that were more widely known and widely understood and respected throughout the world, people would not need to be sick. People would not need to be depressed. People would not need in the same way to suffer from mental illness and take their life and be addicted to harder drugs like heroin and cocaine and ecstasy. Because I really believe anyone who's addicted to something like that is just seeking something deeper and is struggling in a hard way. And I really believe my deep knowing is that there is no such thing as mental illness. People who are suffering from a quote unquote stigmatized mental illness, they just know too much. They are just sensitive. They're awake. They're woken up. Maybe they've gotten sucked into the darkness. I believe this medicine can show people the light So the more ways in which ayahuasca becomes relevant in the West and available to people and accessible, I think is so healthy. I dream of a world where ayahuasca is accessible to anyone who wants to try in a safe container with a facilitator and a shaman and in reverence to the medicine. Now, what I don't like is the trendiness of it. Like I know there are ayahuasca parties and people think it's just another drug. Like when Jonathan and I did our ceremony in 2019, a couple girls walked in and said, yeah, I like to try all drugs. So I'm in. And I was just like, oh God, no, you don't, you don't have, you don't know what you're getting into. You don't have respect for the medicine. Your intentions don't feel pure. But even those two girls at the end of that ceremony, their their lives were changed. Their eyes were open. They apologized for not understanding what they were getting into and for even calling it a drug because it's a medicine, it's a consciousness, it's a grandmother. So I don't believe that anything happens with ayahuasca that's not supposed to happen. What I do pray is that although it's becoming more trendy and more known, that people continue to practice it safely and in respectful ceremonies with reverence to the indigenous cultures and to the music and I mean the life-changing properties that enter your life with ayahuasca. It's not to be done to experience a drug quote-unquote or to see something new um, in a hallucinogenic psychedelic way. It can really bring people from the darkness to the light and it can bring people from the light to the shadow, which is like equally important in every single way. So I just hope um, the trendiness doesn't overpower the potency in the history and the 
ever-evolving consciousness of the medicine, but I also know the medicine is all-powerful, all-knowing, brilliant, genius, creative, everything. And I don't think that she would even allow herself to become trendy to the point of becoming dangerous, if that makes sense. I mean, humans ruin a lot of things. So I don't know if that's totally true, but I like to think ayahuasca knows what she's doing. She asked the medicine people to bring her to the West. And when something becomes Westernized, it does become more well-known and talked about. So let's all continue to make a pact to respect and love and live in awe and reverence and grace to the medicine um, and know that this is not the type of experience to force on anyone or suggest to anyone because people find it and she finds the people that need to do it. So even me talking about this on the podcast, it's uncomfortable at times because I'm not telling anyone to, to go sit in an ayahuasca ceremony Do I have countless people who I wish would do it? Yes. I don't think it's necessarily in their path, at least right now. Maybe something will change and then it will be. And whatever's meant to be with ayahuasca will be. And so likewise, with finding ayahuasca and coming across the medicine, if you're meant to do ayahuasca, you will find a ceremony center, you will find a facilitator and a shaman, and it'll be the perfect situation for you. Um, but I love that question. Very helpful. So someone asks thoughts on when you're called to the medicine, but loved ones are not supportive. Okay. So yeah, that's going to be pretty typical, especially here in the U S. Um, when I first started talking about doing ayahuasca and I was deeply ill with Lyme disease, barely getting out of bed, that whole jazz, my family, was terrified. I did not grow up in a spiritual family or a family of seekers or even like alternative health at all. So my mom was terrified. My dad was angry and they didn't want me to go, but they also know me and they don't have that type of control over me, but that was their opinion. And I really wanted them to understand it. So I ended up having the opportunity to bring them to my Lyme doctor. My Lyme doctor is very progressive, alternative, and spiritual. And she was able to share with my parents from a medical perspective that ayahuasca is not dangerous and that people have these spontaneous healings from chronic illness with ayahuasca all the time. And she shared some documentaries and things with my parents that they could watch if they wanted to that are put together by doctors, professionals in the medical field about how safe it is and about how life-changing it is and all these scientific studies about how it doesn't affect your brain in the long term, especially in a negative way. It can actually only do positive things for the neurons in your brain. So people who are experiencing dementia, God forbid, and many other things actually gain so much healing and awareness from Lyme because it can heal the brain and it can also rewire the brain. So ayahuasca is not that different in that sense from something like ketamine, which is now there are ketamine clinics worldwide for depression and illness and rewiring the brain, which was something that was administered in my doctor's office, ketamine. So 
Ayahuasca is just another beautiful medicine that can rewire the brain, but it's completely from the earth. And my belief is that when something's completely natural and from the earth, it was given to us by God for us to pursue and to explore and to use if we so feel called. So at the end of the day, if you feel called to the medicine, but your loved ones are not supportive, just remember that it's your journey still it's very alternative it's very out there to most people and not everyone's going to be supportive and that's okay because it's your journey at the end of the day and don't let other people's words really get in your in your sphere because when i um had my first ceremony and then i had a really dark experience which ended up being really scary before it got really healing i had the thoughts of everyone in my head i had my mom i had my dad i had people who had told me not to go and i was like oh shit they were right cuz you know you can get sucked into any spiral in your mind we become what we consume and i had been consuming everyone's opinion so at a certain point you got to not consume anyone's opinion but your own and the medicine speaks for itself the healing speaks for itself i was a changed person after my first ceremony and now it's so funny cuz now my parents are like they'll never do it but they're such big advocates of me doing it and you should hear my dad boasting to people. Oh, well, Jordan does ayahuasca and water fasts and those are not even a big deal. Like they're so healing and they're not they're not even that alternative and they're not dangerous. And it's so great cuz my dad used to think both of those things were dangerous and we can only change people's minds by living in alignment with our own truth and by acting on what we know in our hearts is right and then we lead by example that's the best and only way to ever really change someone's mind and even then it's out of your control if their minds are going to be changed or not so love that question definitely relate if someone says what does preparing for plant medicine look like for you so for me since i already eat vegan and salt oil sugar free and i don't drink alcohol and i don't do drugs like THC or anything, medicine. I really only cut out coffee for the week beforehand because caffeine and ayahuasca are not a very good mix. And then uh, other than that, I'm just really mindful about not consuming anything that I don't want to bring into the ceremony with me, not watching scary movies, not watching the type of TV that makes me feel weird or uncomfortable, not having conversations with people that I don't want to think about later on the medicine. It's really good to try to get some space from social media and also to, from work. If you have that ability, if you don't, then to just stay really strong in your own headspace, journal on your intentions every day before you go into it, get really clear, definitely have a really good conversation with the facilitator or the shaman beforehand so that you're aware of what your intentions are so that you can go into it without carrying in so much of the world, the weight of the world with you. And also if you're eating toxic food, that's just not really helpful. So that's how I end up preparing for a ceremony. I'm going to answer a couple more questions. And now I'm excited to do a part two episode because I'm going to save the rest of your questions. They're so good. So one question here, how did you find a person or a place to do your first ceremony? I ended up asking a friend of a friend of mine who I knew was a shaman and she doesn't work with plant medicine, but I knew she probably knew someone who does. And she did. 
And she connected me and that ended up being divine. And I also think you can just get on and Google and see what pops out to you. There's, it's not going to be easy to find someone in the U.S. on Google, but there are places in Costa Rica. I believe there's a place in Florida where it's legal, but also there's like many individual experiences that you can look into. So you just got to ask around and trust, trust that the right, the right person, the right retreat center, the right person and shaman will come into your energy field. And again, I don't share my personal shaman because it's so sacred to me and also because it would be dangerous for him as a person for me to share so publicly because of all the legality around the medicine. But maybe one day I will be able to do that. Two more questions for now. Someone says, this might be a dumb question, but do you hallucinate? Um, That is not a dumb question. And yes, I do, but not every time. And not every person who sits in a ceremony hallucinates. So you end up having the experience that you need. And when I had my intro conversation, when I arrived the other weekend, it was shared with me by someone who's done ayahuasca thousands of times that he's only hallucinated like twice or three times on the medicine ever. And the rest of the times he's stayed in this really deep meditative space with his intention to be the medicine. And so I try to hold on to that in every way. And if you don't want to hallucinate, there's definitely ways to speak to the shaman and the facilitators about that so that you can take the appropriate amount for you. For example, you wouldn't want to take too much because that's when hallucination starts to happen. But again, the medicine will give you what you need. And if that is going to be enlightening to you, it'll be beautiful and not scary. Final question for now. How do you avoid appropriating indigenous culture and wisdom while doing a plant medicine ceremony? So I feel like I answered this question earlier on in the episode, but it's a really good question, especially because this medicine is so sacred to indigenous cultures and has been practiced for many, many, many centuries and um, is such an integral part of native tribal healing. And this is medicine to them there. If someone gets sick with cancer or Lyme disease or something physical, they will go and they'll have a medicine ceremony. And I think one way to really pay respect to the medicine while you are experiencing it is to know where it came from and to do the reading and the learning and and the history deep dive so that you know where it comes from the exact tribe and tribal music and experience that you're learning from and to know where your shaman was trained and also just make sure that that person who's with you guiding you through the experience can give you a really deeply authentic just graceful reverent experience to the medicine and to the tribes and to the culture and i've never felt a problem with that because of the integrity of the shaman that I do it with in the community. It's just not even a question. And then I will go one step further. This might be a little controversial and say that when you're doing this experience and you're doing it with the highest intentions and the purest, highest and greatest good in your mind and in your heart, you realize that we all become one and the thought of cultural appropriation melts away because we are all one big tapestry of humans. And when you have those intentions and you have that awareness, there is no anger and there is no otherness and there is no such thing as appropriating when your intentions are pure. 
And I've had this conversation with many indigenous shamans, and this is what they've shared with me. They smile and they say, anyone who knows, knows. And that's just the truth. When you've been there, you know. And again, like I never would be or want to be someone who just starts spewing out facts about ayahuasca in a trendy kind of way. I have such a sacred respect for the medicine and the medicine knows. It's a personal relationship that develops between you and the medicine once you start working with her. And she knows, she knows who's there with pure intentions. And if you're not, then you probably just wouldn't be called back. And I hope that that answers your question. It's a really good question with beautiful intentions, I can tell. And, oh, you guys are the best. I'm reading all of your wonderful questions. Everyone wants to know if I hallucinate. Yes. Everyone wants to know, do you have to be a certain age? No, but I wouldn't recommend doing it before the age of like 18 or 21. I'm definitely going to do a part two. You guys should help me rope in Jonathan to do it with me. It'll be super beautiful and lovely to have him share his experience and then we can answer the questions or I can do that in a solo type of format again. So thank you so much for listening and giving me the space to share this experience. I'm truly at a loss for words. I'm sure I'm forgetting so many things as I can't really describe something that happened over the course of centuries for me in an hour and a half, but I feel really good about what came through which just channeled through and love answering your questions. Thank you guys so much for being here and for being open to this incredible type of alternative healing. And thank you to the medicine for working through me, for speaking through me, for giving me this gift of awareness of myself. Thank you to you guys for being here. And thank you to our sponsor, Function of Beauty, Code Blonde for fabulous discount for the best ever shampoo and conditioner, all natural and vegan. And if you feel inspired to rate and review the podcast on iTunes, send me a screenshot to jordan at thebalancewand.com and I will thank you by sending you a free gift via email, chatting with you personally and just connecting with you. I love to put a face to the name. I love when you guys rate and review the podcast, email it to me with a picture of yourself because then I really get to see you. So if that feels good, do that. And otherwise, I love you guys so much. Come say hi on Instagram. Tell me what your favorite part of this episode was and we will talk soon. I think I already have kind of a vulnerability hangover from even saying any of this stuff. And if I have that, you know it's a lot because I share everything. I love you guys. I'm so grateful and I hope everybody has the best soul on fire day. Talk soon. Thank you.